I just want to talk to you about our minds tonight, okay? Would that be all right? Yeah. I think uh, we can't, I, I feel like we can't speak enough and preach enough about renewing our minds. And we're just going to really concentrate on those, that scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. But I just, I feel like um, Holy Spirit is always after renewing our minds. You know, success and those type of things don't come unless we have a renewed mind I, in all aspects, like in, in ministry and in, in our relationship with the Lord. We don't go to the next level until our minds are absolutely in line with what he's doing. And I feel like um, the Lord wanted to just talk. We might go two weeks with this because I don't think I can get through everything I have here. There is an awful lot. And we want to take bites, right? But I'm just going to pray for you before I do that because I think it's important. We don't want to, you know... Now I'll just pray. Father, we just thank you. You can even lay your hands on your head if you feel led. Father, I just thank you for everyone in this room. We thank you for everyone's mind and the purposes and the plans that you have for every person, Lord. And we ask that, Father, you help us to renew, strengthen, and increase our capacity in our minds and in our hearts tonight. Lord, I pray that there be a release that we'd understand and know and we'd be renewed day by day in the things that you do. And I, I thank you, Lord, that it's by your word, it's by the spirit that we receive a renewed mind. And so we thank you tonight that you're going to do this very thing. Lord, we thank you for your, your presence that will absolutely transform and shape our minds. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you tonight. We just ask that you just release that in Jesus' name. Now, I was thinking, <clears throat> at first I was thinking it's the cross that absolutely transforms us. And there's truth, right? I'm not, come on, it's the finished work of the cross. But I, as far as Jesus goes, if you just bear with me for a moment as I give an explanation, because everyone's like, what? The Holy Spirit, I just really felt like, showed me that in, in his temptation, he had already completed victory in our minds. When he was alive on the earth, that when he, when he was off in the wilderness for 40 years, that his, for 40 years, for 40 days, that was a slip, because we want to either go 40 days or 40 years. I'll take 40 days. I don't want to go 40 years. But the Holy Spirit, I believe, shows us, and there's, there's just clarity in the reality that as Jesus Christ went into the wilderness, before he left, it says that he entered in by what? The power of the Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And so the Holy Spirit will lead us into places of desert, will lead us into places that are arid, that are dry, that'll cause us to think a little differently. And we see that Jesus, every time the enemy, because normally, right, it's the enemy that speaks to us and causes us to think differently than God's caused, than really the Lord has allowed us to have an identity that he's given to us. The Holy Spirit wants to give us this understanding so that when we come into temptation, because I'm telling you right now, it's through temptation in our minds and in our hearts that we begin to think outside of who we really are. Do you know that? 
I think the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that Jesus had the victory in the desert against the enemy right there. And yes, when he was, when he was on the cross, when he died, when he poured his blood out for us, obviously that gave us ultimate victory over all things. It was through the cross. It says that he disarmed every principality and every power by the cross and through the cross and through his, his sacrifice and the blood. And so I just want you to understand that in the desert, he had already taken victory over his own identity. Are you hearing me? That there was already a victory in who he was, who he was created to be, what his mission was, and he wasn't going to take shortcuts to get there. Because what happens is when we give into the shortcut mindset, that there's something else that's going to bring us to that place, that's when we get in trouble. We think there's always an easier way, and sometimes there's not. Sometimes we just got to walk through it, right? So just go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I'm just going to read it. See, we're called to enjoy our relationship with the Father. And see, what happens is when we battle in our minds and we continue to struggle and, and fight in our minds, we lose, we lose the joy, right? And so we're called to enjoy our relationship with Jesus and experience his transforming grace. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, what is acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So I just want to take a, I just want to kind of go point by point through this. It's going to be more on a teaching basis, but listen, when we receive truth, it's the truth that sets us free, right? Is that right? It's truth that sets us free. The anointing can do a lot, but the truth and the anointing, you get set free. And so we're believing for both. We're believing for the Spirit of God and the Word of truth to come and absolutely eradicate your mind of anything that's holding back the fullness of God coming in your life. Because I believe this, as a body we're called, as the body of Christ, we're called to enter into the fullness, to the love, to the understanding of the, and the absolute, total, reckless love of God and who he is, and his expression in us through the earth. Amen? And so we just want to look at this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Let's just start there. I beseech you, therefore. Every time in Bible school I was taught that if it's therefore, it's something reason, there's a reason that it's therefore. It's because of everything that was said before that. And so if we look at Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, all through 11... We see what's explained to us, what's shown to us. It's the grace of God. The whole book of Romans deals with the grace and the love and the power of God. And Romans chapter 8 shows you exactly who you are, a new creation. So, you know, Paul's talking to, to the Roman church. Do you think that the Roman church had it all together? Obviously not. They had a 16-page letter or chapters, but we know that wasn't all in there. But I'm saying to you, do you think that they had it all together? Because I think when we, when we fight with what the enemy of our soul, can I just say that? It could be our soul. It could be the enemy. It's just things that come into our hearts and minds. 
I believe this, that if we look back and you get your identity through Romans chapter 8, through Romans chapter 7, through Romans chapter 6, through, you know, 4, 5, all that, we realize that. And then he gives us this to get us through and to learn how to live kingdom life. Because if you look after this, this is all about living and conduct. And, and so if we look at the whole of Scripture, God wants us to grab hold and understand that he put it there for something. Come on, that's why it's there for. And so it's by the mercies of God. Let's just look at that. By the mercies of God. What is the mercy of God? It's the goodness of God. It's the amazing grace of God. It's the power that he gives you through his grace the Holy Spirit wants us to realize this, that God is going to transform your mind by the mercies of God. It's not by the judgment of God. It's not by the condemnation of God. Because God never condemns you, and he doesn't bring judgment upon his children. Are you hearing me? That's the truth. That's the truth. The Holy Spirit doesn't bring judgment and condemnation. If you're hearing those thoughts... If you're contest, contending with those thoughts that, God is, that you feel like God has either slighted you or he's not loving you or he's not doing something for you, that is not God's voice. That's not the spirit of God, right? That when he's not doing, he, it's, not, it's not that he's not doing. Listen, he loves you so much that he gave his life, his, he gave his only son, he gave absolute everything so that you could be full of him and so he wouldn't have done that to set us back to double think because a double double-minded man doesn't get anything from the lord is that is that right okay i have to check on you guys the holy spirit really he said in um in proverbs he says this as a man thinks so he is. And so there's something about our minds that actually bring building blocks for either the enemy or God. And so what I want, my, my aim tonight is to, to start to tear down maybe some building blocks that shouldn't be there. The Holy Spirit wants you to be free. Completely free. When we have thoughts that this one doesn't love us, or come on, it goes on with relationships in the church all the time. I'm telling you right now that we constantly go back and forth wondering if this one's okay with me, that one's okay. Half the stuff is going on in your head. And it's the enemy trying to bring in stuff to bring disunity and, and, and things that are not from heaven and not from the throne. Are you hearing me? So by the mercies of God, it's, it's in, in light of what he just told us, that the mercy of God, the grace of God, that through the lens of mercy, you must have new glasses. Didn't I talk about glasses last week? We have to have new glasses. We have to have clear glasses that you can see clearly because the mercy, you put on those mercy glasses that you realize that the love of God has been poured out for you, that you can receive the love of God. That there's nothing that will ever separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so we begin to put these things up. It's the enemy that puts these things up. They put flags up. And we continue to fight in our minds and in our hearts. Because really, it's all going on in our inner man in the heart, right? 
And so he wants us to present ourselves, what, holy. And see, most of us can't get past that. That when Jesus Christ came, that we became holy. That we became righteous. That when we accepted him in our hearts, that when we became born again, that he actually made us holy. That it's the blood of Jesus Christ and nothing magical that makes you holy. That you live under the truth of righteousness and the fullness of who he is and the righteous life that you now live in Christ. Isn't that what Paul said earlier in Romans? This is why I said it's all there for something. It's all there for Romans chapter 4 because we live and act and move by faith. It's all there out of chapter 7 because we do the things we don't want to do. But we can't help ourselves but do them. And who's going to take care of this old man that's within me? Paul had this struggle and wondering why his mind didn't line up with what Jesus Christ did for him at the time. So here's the thing. We look at, can I just stop for a minute and say something? That if we look at, let's just look at every generation. Let's just talk about Christian celebrities. Because what happens here is, right, this is what happens. We think we're supposed to live, and you're supposed to go, all of a sudden, be like someone else. And I'm not saying as someone else, but have the life that you think that they have. We compare ourselves. Am I right? You begin to compare yourselves with, wow, God's doing all this through that person. He's doing all this through that person, and what's he doing through me? Can I tell you that what you do daily is holy unto the Lord? It doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter how popular you are in, in, in your job or if you don't have a job. Let's just put it right down. If, if, if God was to cause us to all be jobless, that would be horrifying, right? But I'm just saying, if we all of a sudden didn't have a job, what's your identity in? What is your identity in? Honestly, for mo every, I'll put it across the whole room. Most men, it's, it's our job. It's what we do. Women, the same. It's what we do. It's how we operate. And God wants us to understand that our life in him, you come into this place... Present yourself holy. We don't evaluate by man's standards. You can't evaluate by man's standards. You have to evaluate by God's standards. And the Lord wants us to grab hold of this, that he has mercy triumphs over all judgment. And so we think of ourselves as doing little things. I'm not doing what I need to be doing. Am I the only one in the room? Things aren't growing as fast as they should be growing. Things aren't happening as quick as they should be happening. God, why? God, why? God, why? It's just me, I know. But the Lord wants us to grab hold of, listen, even, even in the daily things that we do, Come on, if you're a mom, if you're a dad, that, actually that should be the highest thing. <laughs> it 
Can I just say that? If I was just a dad and I didn't do anything else and I raised my kids as under the Lord, that's good. That's, that's actually my worship under the Father. Is that okay? I think it should be. Because we devaluate what we do because we're not doing something grandiose. I'm just trying to get at something here tonight for a minute. And the Lord wants to bring us higher in our thinking that actually everything that we do is worship unto him. That he wants us to live above and beyond thinking, I'm, and listen, I'm the guy that says you should dream big. I'm the guy that says this, that you should believe beyond, and I was preaching faith last week, that you're going to live beyond what you ever thought or imagined, right? And that's the Lord's plan for us. But what happens is we stumble over the little things. Like, I'm not doing okay because I'm not doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing at this point in time. But don't you think that God is big enough? <laughs> I was listening to something on Mike, from Mike Bickle at some point, and he said, you know, God's, <laughs> God's bullseye is bigger than we think. And I love that. Because we're, you know, you can get Christians... You know, believers who get really freaked out about being in the will. And I'm thinking like this now. Whatever you put in front of me, God, I'll go do. Can't we just be available? I mean, that's really all he's asking for is someone to just be available. And it doesn't need to be something great and grandiose, although we want to believe for the big things. I believe for the big things. But if it's not doing it at the moment that you think it's supposed to happen and it's not manifesting when you think it's supposed to happen, it will in the plan, in the walk of, of your life, in the journey you're having with God. So he wants us to be transformed, what? In our emotions. See, because our mind dictates our emotions. And so when you're renewed and your mind's renewed, then your emotions become renewed. And we don't act crazy. Come on. I know there's crazy people in here. And God's calling us to live in this place. He wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so he's saying this, present your bodies to God. We're to actively give our body and our whole person to God. Isn't that true? And the Lord desires communion and partnership with his people, and he wants to give us... He wants us to give us to himself fully. How do we receive the fullness of God in our lives? We give ourselves fully to him. Very simple. And so God possesses everything, and he wants you to give everything extravagantly. Can we do that? Because really, this is about passion in your life to him. Because we get, here's, here's what happens. We get stuck on places, on things, on things that were supposed to be getting done. And it's so motivated by things we do. And I want to just, listen, I'm not saying that we don't do works. We don't do good works. But we're so motivated by what we do and what we accomplish. And I'm not saying we're not supposed to do that. Are you hearing me? I don't have to go back and forth on this. You're hearing me right. Okay, because I, I'm the guy, I am the guy that, pushes you forward to go higher and greater and do greater things for God. But I want us to take it back just to understand that the Holy Spirit does not want us to get stuck in emotion. And he wants all of us. And he's not lonely. 
and he's not needy. Do you know that? God's not lonely. He's not needy. I kind of, that came to be a revelation to me today. He's not lonely and needy, but he wants all of us. Why? Because he created you. And I love that thing about the bullseye. See what happens if he's pointing you one way and he's just going to shoot you. You know, you, you know, what's that? Pin the tail on the donkey. Spin the people around, blindfold them, and send them. Except God's you can't miss. Can I say that? Unless you're doing something completely rebellious and going the opposite way, I don't think you can miss. I really don't. I think God puts people in front of you every day. I think he puts your children in front of you every day. I think he puts all kinds of things, all kinds of situations in front of you every day to bring the kingdom. You understand where I'm going with this? I'm, go I'm trying to not compartmentalize our lives and thinking that this is more important. This, this is not more important. My business is not more important. There's one thing that's most important, and it's Jesus Christ and my love and my passion towards him. That's the only thing, guys. See, because 20 years ago, I was spent. My life was spent. I might as well have been dead because I was a dead man walking. And 20 years ago, he changed my whole entire life. And what happens is we get not focused on that. We don't get focused. We don't focus on the day he found me and he absolutely covered me with his grace and power and something transformed in our lives. And so the Holy Spirit wants us to go back to the day one. Listen, I don't want to go back there, honestly, because talk about renewed mind. I'm like a million miles away from that, okay? My point being is the, the Father wants us to grab hold of the grace of God, the goodness of God, his proven will. He called you with a purpose. You think he's going to mess that up? You think you can mess that up? Every, no, see, there's no many, not many no's on that. Do you think you can mess that up? I don't think you can. I think you really need to work hard and say no to God on every corner. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Calvinism, Armenianism. I really think, I really don't, guys, I just, because the church doesn't get free because of these things. We don't get free because we think, am I in the right place? I'm sorry, I can't help it. But we're so afraid we're going to miss it and that something's going by and we're missing that. And then there's another train, and I'm going to miss that train. No, you're right where you're supposed to be. I'm dealing with something a little more than our minds, right? But it's all got to do with our heart. It's all got to do with our heart. When you will not miss the will of God, I can promise you, if you tether yourself to him, if you tie yourself to God, you won't miss it. And God will put you right where you need to be. He wants all of us. And doesn't it say that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, seeking those who are completely his, loyal to him. And that's all he's looking for. And listen, things can all of a sudden manifest in such a time. I'm telling you, can a nation be born in a day? Absolutely. If it says it in my Bible, then it's true. 
And so we're looking for all these things and we get in fear because we don't know where we're supposed to be. And we don't know if God loves us that much. And I can't change. God doesn't love me. He's not helping me. I know that's such a pastoral thing, right? Sorry. Bad pastor. He wants the entirety of your life. Ready? A couple truths. Truth is you're holy. The sacrifice you make every day is holy. We don't think about sacrifice, right? I don't know. I don't think about my life as being a life of sacrifice. I don't think about, about it as being me pouring out every day that my life is a holy sacrifice. But he, caused, he wants you to be in that mindset that everything that I do, that I do unto the Lord, that's why we do our business unto the Lord, that's why we raise our family unto the Lord, that's why we do all these things unto the Lord, so that our lives can be poured out as a living sacrifice. And so it's perfect in purity and even our sacrifices have flaws. Hello. <laughs> I can't give like I want to give. I can't give myself like I want to give to God, right? And neither can you. It's, it's, there's flaws in how we even give ourselves. And God wants us to enjoy our life with him. And can you enjoy God enjoying you? <laughs> can you enjoy God enjoying you? Can you enjoy that God rejoices in who you are and who he's created you to be? Can you rejoice in that? Wow, you're overwhelming me. I mean, I'm serious. The Lord wants us to really understand that he is absolutely out of his mind over us. Yet we don't think like that. He absolutely loves you, and that we can't even understand that because we don't even understand the love of God. <laughs> Keep giving yourself to him. I already said this about the pleasing offering unto the Lord. God wants us to grab hold of that, that everything that you do is pleasing. I don't like that word acceptable. I think we can interpret it acceptable or pleasing. But your life is pleasing unto the Father. God evaluates us totally different than we do. You are your hardest critic. It's true. And then this, la this other thing was faithfulness. Now let's just look at faithfulness because we downplay faithfulness. It's been downplayed because we think nothing's happening in the downtime. We want to have great impact really fast. And what did Jesus say? to the one who he gave the talents to. It's funny, he says this. Have you ever seen this? 
You've been faithful in very little. For some reason, this rocked me today. You've been faithful in very little. He said, well done. You've been faithful in very little. I'm going to give you 10 cities. I'm going to let you rule over 10 cities. Hello. Very little. Very little. What is it that we're doing that's very little? Or that we think's very little? I'm trying to get you to change your mind tonight a little bit. Because we think that things that we do have very little impact, have very little effect. Something that we're doing is not affecting something else and that we're not changing the world quick enough. Well, guess what? It's not your job. It's not your job. You've been called to just be available and allow the Lord to use you wherever you are. And I'm not talking about having a desperation or a prayer that says, God, help us to win people to Christ. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about to the mindset that we come with that causes us to think that the little things that we're doing aren't making a difference. And God's saying this, your life is absolutely making a difference. You are changing things around you, whether you believe that or not. I'm going to preach to this side because it's empty over here. <laughs> Thanks, Brendan. See, you're his worksmanship. What does that mean? That means that you're his masterpiece. You're his poetry. You're, you're what he created to release into the earth. And you look amazing. You look amazing. If you think about what Jesus looks at, and when he looks at his bride, he's looking for a bride that's spotless and without wrinkle, and pure, and holy, and righteous, and that will be you. And so our mindsets go differently. Because God wants to change something that we're in our mindset about doing and how effective we are in those things. And so he created us in Christ, in Christ. You've been created in Christ to do good works, which he prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. You just walk in them. You just live in them. There's nothing special, nothing magical, nothing absolutely awe about it. You just walk in it. And being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work inside you will complete it until the day of Christ. See, God's so much more about our heart, part, heart posture and humility. <laughs> oh, you have to laugh at that. Only because there's no bells and whistles with that, is there? There's no shaka-bam. Right? With love and humility. But that's who God, that's, that's just Jesus. You know, the Lord is just amazing. He wants to transform us into himself. It was funny. I had the opportunity to defend myself this week. 
and the ministry. And I was like, yes, I'll do it. And the Lord said, no, you won't. I'm like, why? I said, I'm just trying to be diplomatic. And he said to me this. He said, I already died for that. He said, I went as a lamb to the slaughter. He goes, you're not even near there. I said, you're right. <laughs> so I said, no, I won't do it. So I agreed. That's, see, simple, right? The Lord just wants to take care of that stuff. And I think the thing is, we miss it because we're looking for something. That was, you know, and I can tell you this, this was the still small voice. I just woke up. I said, God, I'm going to do that. I'll just make the phone call, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no, you won't. I'm like, is that you? But that's how he wants to talk to us, you know that? He just wants to speak clear. And he spoke to Elijah on the mountain, right? It wasn't through the fire. It wasn't through all the noise through the still small voice. And so we just got to cherish when God's doing the little things, right? So God's will over you is over your life is what? Good. Got to know these things about the will of God. It's good. It's not a strain. It's not something else you need to figure out how to do. And the enemy wants you to think that your life's aimless with no, with no purpose and no direction. But I want to tell you this, that God had you in mind when he created you and your calling. So he knew what he was getting into, didn't he? He knew it. The will of God is pleasing. And I already said that about very, you know, you did very little. You've been faithful in very little. But we don't have to strive to please God. And the problem is we think we have to be perfect. I have that complex. I think i got to do everything right. That if I mess up, something's going to go wrong. Everything's going to go backwards. You know what? I free you right now. You're going to make mistakes. Right? That should give you freedom. We're going to make mistakes. We don't try to make mistakes. But we're so concerned about being in the perfect place at the right time, the right place, and I want to be there. But sometimes if you miss it, it's not going to send your whole life off course. Right? And being perfect. The will of God is perfect. And that's Jesus' leadership over your life is amazing and perfect. Do you know that? Because you go back to that issue with that, that place where Jesus was in the desert with the enemy. And Satan came to him and tried to tell him that he wasn't doing things in the perfect will. Right? You can just speed this all up. You can have all this. You can do it this way if you just bow down and worship me. And so... 
we want to live in the place where there's no condemnation in Christ, right? So we present ourselves as alive from the dead. <laughs> You're alive from the dead through the lens of grace and mercy. Instead of those who are spiritually dead and under condemnation, it's shame. Weakness and flaws cause us to stumble and lose sight of what he's done for you and your growth. You know what I mean? When we stumble and we mess up, when you stumble and do something that's not, you don't think is according to the plan of the Father, which he knows everything we're going to go through before we go through it, so we can just throw that out. But the Father wants us to understand that, that through his grace lens, he wants us to see what we've done, where we're going, what our future is. And so by his mercy, God loves and enjoys living life with you. And he knows your frame. He knows your frame. He knows how he built you. And so focus on the measure of what you've increased in your walk. Right? There's no more condemnation in Christ. We don't want to be conformed to this world. Because when we're conformed to this world and this world's thinking, it says this, that you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. And whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So when we start frameworking our whole life around how the world thinks, how the spirit of the age thinks, then things start going askew. So you're going to be transformed in how you think and changed in how you think. And you've got to cast down every high place. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but in mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds. Do we know what strongholds are? Yeah, it's a collection of ideas that are in agreement with Satan. And these lies first accuse Jesus of his leadership and his lordship. Their arguments or lies about our character, power, the power, his, sorry, his character, his power, wisdom, and our relationship with him. And he won that battle on the cross, and he finished it on the cross. So every high thing is demonic lies and attacks and truths. He attacks the truth about God and who his people are, pronouncing wrong ideas and lies about God. It's a foundation for dismantling. See, we've got to destroy those things. If you don't destroy that, then it continues to build, building blocks. And so we cast down the lies. And so many assume that, we, that they think that we don't, that doesn't matter if we don't take a hold of our minds, our thought life. But it's very important what we do with our thought life. So we got to take authority over the spirit of fear. 
and resist it or it'll increase, right? Things that you're afraid of, right? Our own words have power and they cause either faith or they cause fear to grow in us. It's going to cause one thing or another to grow inside of us, fear or faith. And if our words agree with God's words, then we release power in our lives. So we want to be in agreement with what the Holy Spirit says over us, right? And so if we continue to think in the places where we haven't torn down demolished strongholds, right? Then we continue to build building blocks, to allow the building blocks to go. And so the war on words determines the dominion of your heart. And so who, dom who dominates your heart? The word of God or the words you think over yourself? Can I ask everyone in that room, who dominates? Who dominates? The Holy Spirit continues to try and press in and move into us in greater ways, really. He wants, God wants inside of you more than we want sometimes him inside of us. Can I say that? That's why we go back to the yielding. God wants to bring us into a place where we are completely yielded. That the thoughts that we have towards ourselves are broken and demolished. So that nothing holds us back from our complete destiny in Christ. And there's a couple simple verses for that. Therefore, submit to God. James 4, 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. If we don't submit to God, it starts with that first step. If I don't submit to God, because resisting the devil won't bring anything. It'll stop something up for a moment. But if we don't submit to God, if we don't give our lives completely over and open to him, then we won't receive, the, the enemy won't flee. And God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And so the Holy Spirit wants to take care of that inside of us, that we walk in truth, love, but he wants us to walk in the power and a sound mind. And so the Holy Spirit tonight wants to break through in our lives in ways that we have yet to even imagine or find. And so I want to believe that God to take down the high places tonight. Just through the anointing, but, release, but grabbing hold of truth. And so sometimes we get stuck, right? Sometimes we get stuck and we get in cycles. And the Holy Spirit wants to break cycles in our lives so that we can completely increase to be the sons and daughters of God who he called us to be. Now you are that person. You've yet to be revealed. Right? The whole earth is groaning. <laughs> we've got hurricanes. We've got earthquakes. Earthquakes. The whole earth is groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God. 
And so what I'm, I want to just grab hold of tonight, I want each of us to grab hold of it, and there may be certain parts of our lives that we need to God to co- come in and totally eradicate some thinking. And then some of us, you're good, and you're on a pathway because God's renewing your mind day by day. But I don't want to, we got to break any place where the enemy has a stronghold. Like deliverance is good. Right? I believe God that he wants to deliver people. And sometimes it's through a one-time thing, but I'm telling you it's through the truth of God coming into us and renewing us day by day. You don't have to be the same way you were last week because you learned from last week's temptation, trials, and traumas. Right? The Spirit of God wants you to overcome and He's created you as a... He's called you as kings. And He's called you as an overcomer. To overcome every obstacle. To be seated with Him. So the Holy Spirit wants to do that in your life, even tonight. So let's stand. So tonight, Father, we're just asking you for everyone in this room, every person, Lord, we just declare freedom. Lord, I I release right now, I just ask, Father, that you just release a clarity of, of hearts and minds right now. Lord, renew our thinking. Help every one of us to pull down anything that gets in the way of the knowledge of you. Anything that gets in the way of the knowledge of you. Lord, I thank you that every person, every person in this place you've washed clean by the blood of Jesus. That there's not one person that's living outside the will of God. That, Lord, you have us right where we're supposed to be. So, Lord, help us to grab hold, lay hold, fresh new mindset
Lord, I ask that the Holy Spirit would wind would blow on the word for everyone inside this place right now, that your wind would blow. And the Lord, your life would be revealed in the word. that you renew our thinking, that you renew our hearts, that you renew our strength. And so let the affections of our heart be completely poised towards you. Let the posture of our heart be towards you with a yieldedness with a purity. So we thank you, Father, tonight. We bless you. In Jesus' name.